As the saying goes, knowledge is power. And in order to be successful in business, I believe you have to continue to grow and evolve. You have to want to keep learning. Uh, reading is the best way I know to keep learning. So today I'm sharing my list of 10 books that I believe every restaurant owner needs to read. Stick around. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to chefs and restaurant owners. Each week, I choose a different topic. We explore that topic. We pick it apart. Hopefully, by the end, we come across some useful insights, and then we always finish up with an assignment. I leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing the concepts that we talk about here on the show. Because, as I say each and every week, I believe information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. As always, I'm going to invite you to become a subscriber. It's the best way to stay current with new episodes. If you're enjoying the show and you want to get in touch, then please, I want to hear from you. The best way is to email me directly, chip at chipclose.com. That's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. And let me know what you think so far. What have you found particularly helpful? What are you still struggling with? If you have specific questions uh, or ideas for future episodes, please let me know. Uh, I'll answer the questions as best I can, either with an email back or I'll dedicate uh, maybe an entire show to, uh, to answering those questions. So, we are here at episode number 15, and if you've been following from the beginning, uh, you can attest to the fact that we've done a lot so far. Um, in the beginning, uh, in the very first episode, we identified a, a definition for marketing because I think that's the thing that gives us our foundation uh, for the rest of the work. So what is marketing? It's just three questions. What's the product? Who's it for? And how can you reach them? Armed with the answers to those questions, we built our five marketing pillars. That was uh, that five-episode arc where we talked about identity, uh, making sure you know what the identity of your restaurant is, what kind of experience you're crafting. After that, we talked about your audience, uh, identifying who your target audience was, who you're looking to serve. From there, we uh, figured out who your competitors were, uh, and then we figured out ways to differentiate ourselves, to separate ourselves from the competition. Uh, and then finally, we rounded up with uh, talking about opportunities. I said that every choice you make with your restaurant, uh, everything from the location to the staff's uniforms to the menus to the music to the decor, all of it is an opportunity to communicate something to your target audience, to your customer or your prospective customer. So once you have a definition for marketing and then those five marketing pillars, you have a strong foundation and only then can you start building a marketing strategy. And we did just that. I laid out um, 10 different areas that I think restaurant owners need to focus on when building a comprehensive marketing strategy. After that, we've talked about a bunch of things. We talked about uh, Facebook ads and the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing. Uh, we talked about customer journey maps and on and on. We've, we've done a lot. If you haven't been following along, I urge you to go back and, and listen to those earlier episodes. I think they'll really help you and they're going to give you a strong foundation for all the work that we're going to be uh, doing moving forward. Today, though, uh, we're going to switch directions uh, and do something totally different. Now, I want to introduce you to some of the authors and books that have inspired me over the years, uh, both as a restaurant professional and as a marketer. Um, as I said in the opening, 
it's important to keep learning. I'm an avid reader just because I love to, to keep learning, especially when things keep changing with technology. I think you have to stay current with trends. So these are the 10 books that have helped me over the years. They are uh, not so much how-to books as they are uh, perspective shifts. They're, they're big picture thinking, uh, ways to look at your business differently, uh, ways to look at, uh, at marketing differently. So without any further ado, I think we should dive right in. Uh, the first three books on this list are all by Seth Godin. I know I've talked about Seth Godin before. Uh, he's a best-selling author. He has something like 18 books uh, all about marketing. Uh, he's a marketing guru and a, a brilliant public speaker. He's got his own podcast, uh, which you should definitely check out. It's called Akimbo. Um, he runs uh, an online course, actually a couple of online courses. I'm an alumni of the Marketing Seminar, which is a, a, an online course that he administers uh, a couple of times a year. These first three books, if you've never read Seth Godin, this is a good place to start. It'll give you a good foothold into who he is, what he preaches, and, and and then how to apply his ideas to your business. Book number one, the first one on this list, is Purple Cow by Seth Godin. He starts off the book by talking about the five P's of marketing, which if you've ever studied marketing, they are product, price, promotion, place, and people. And he's making the case uh, that there should be a sixth P, and that is purple cow. Uh, he starts off the book this way. It says, the new P is purple cow. When my family and I were driving through France a few years ago, we were enchanted by the hundreds of storybook cows grazing on picturesque pastures right next to the highway. For dozens of kilometers, we all gazed out the window, marveling about how beautiful everything was. Then, within 20 minutes, we started ignoring the cows. The new cows were just like the old cows, and what once was amazing was now common. Worse than common, it was boring. Cows, after you've seen them for a while, are boring. They may be perfect cows, attractive cows, cows with great personalities, cows lit by beautiful light, but they're still boring. A purple cow, though, now that would have been interesting. So the essence of purple cow is to be remarkable. He goes on all through the book talking about how uh, marketing of the thing can't make up for the thing. You can't come up with a mediocre product and then market the hell out of it and uh, and tell everybody that it's better than it is. If you come up with a remarkable product, something that truly is amazing, that solves problems, uh, a product that people are dying for, you will succeed. Um, and he, he lays out all throughout the book ways to do this, ways to assess this, ways to, to implement these ideas into your own business, uh, ways to implement them into new businesses uh, that need to happen. Uh, it's, a, it's a great place to start. That's why I put it uh, as number one here. Um, again, Purple Cow by Seth Godin. You'll see it. it's got a, a bright uh, purple uh, cover. It's, uh, it's totally fun. You'll read it over the course of a weekend. Um, as we go on, I'll stop here and just say that all 10 of these books, I've included links in the show notes so you can find them very, very easily. Uh, moving on, book number two, also by Seth Godin, is uh, is called All Marketers Are Liars. And in it, he talks all about storytelling. He says, marketing is about telling great stories, the kind of stories that people want to believe in. It's important that we want to believe in stories. He starts off by talking about George Riedel. Um, he says he's been telling this powerful story about wine glasses for ages. His company's been in the business of glass blowing for over four centuries and leading the family business now in the 10th generation. Uh, Riedel introduced a special series of wine glasses where different glasses are meant to bring out the best qualities of different sorts of wine. He says that every wine tells its own unique story and the glass is the interpretation which translates the message for the person who drinks it. 
Scientific tests have proven that there's no difference between his glasses and others, but still, wine experts and connoisseurs from all over the world swear that wine tastes better from a Riedel glass. Uh, now you've got the Zalto glasses, if anybody uh, knows those glasses. They're very, very expensive, and people will swear that the wine tastes better in them. But I imagine if we were to run the same scientific testing, we would find a lot of the same things. That's the power of storytelling. It's to the point where it changes the customer experience because people want to believe in it. The entire book lays this out, how to lean into these things, how to tell people what they want to hear. It should never cross over into all-out fraud. They're just little lies that just lead into um, into what people already believe. If you're selling to people who already believe in something, it's going to be easier. So that's the crux of all marketers are liars. I'm not quite doing it justice. Um, it's well worth the read. It's, it's, a, it's a terrific book. Uh, the next one, uh, the last one by Seth Godin that I'm going to recommend here is called Permission Marketing. And basically, he's making the case for um, for something new that's just started happening uh, in our world, in, in the world of marketing over the last, you know, 30 years. And it's really with the advent of email. And he says, uh, most advertising has always been interruption marketing. And now the opposite of interruption marketing is permission marketing. And this is where we give people permission. We give them our attention. We say, yes, I would like to hear from you. Yes, I would like you to sell to me. So this happens certainly on email lists when you sign up and you say, yeah, let me know about upcoming promotions. Or even when you're on uh, Facebook or Instagram and you follow a, a brand or a personality and you say, yes, I give you permission to tell me what you're doing or what you've got going on. Um, I say over and over again that attention is the real currency these days, especially when it comes to uh, marketing online. And uh, permission marketing is this this new age uh, where we're uh, where we're trading in in attention. That's the currency that really matters right now. So, um, all throughout the book, he gives different examples of uh, of how it works and why it works. Um, again, totally worth reading. Those three books by Seth Godin are Purple Cow, All Marketers Are Liars, and Permission Marketing. The next book, book number four, is uh, is a favorite of a lot of uh, restaurant people out there, and and this is probably the one that most of you have uh, have actually already read. But still, I throw it on the list for the people who have not read it yet, uh, and that's uh, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. So Danny Meyer is a St. Louis native. He moved to New York City uh, several decades ago, and he uh, he started opening restaurants. He is now uh, the force behind a company called Union Square Hospitality Group. Uh, it's a restaurant group that owns places like Gramercy Tavern and Union Square Cafe and Maialino and The Modern and Untitled. Uh, he is also the force behind a little place called Shake Shack. So those of you who don't know New York City restaurants will probably recognize Shake Shack. It is now a global brand. It is very, very successful. Uh, Danny Meyer is the guy who made those things happen. Uh, the cool thing about Danny is that uh, people love working for him. People adore the culture. Um, he's known mostly for his hospitality, for treating his staff right and for treating the guests right. It, you know, if you give and you give and you give, um, the theory is that you'll get a lot more back. There are all kinds of little uh, theories and anecdotes throughout the book. Um, it's half memoir. It talks about his journey, how he got to where he is. Um, but then it's also a business book and a management book. It talks to you uh, about uh, leadership and and what it means to uh, to have principles. Um, one of the most famous sections in the book is all about his salt shaker theory. Uh, so I'm going to read from the book. This is uh, this is a little clip. It says, "Your staff and your guests are always moving your salt shaker off center. That's their job. It's the job of life. It's the law of entropy. 
until you understand that, you're going to get pissed off every time someone moves the salt shaker off center. It is not your job to get upset. Your job is just to move the salt shaker back each time and let them know exactly what you stand for. Let them know what excellent looks like to you. And if you're ever willing to let them decide where the center is, then I want you to give them the keys to the store. Just give away the restaurant. Wherever your center lies, know it, name it, stick to it, and believe in it. Everyone who works with you will know what matters to you and will respect you and appreciate your unwavering values. Your inner beliefs about business will guide you through the tough times. It's good to be open to fresh approaches to solving problems, but when you cede your core values to someone else, it's time to quit. The whole key of the salt shaker theory is to uh, is to be clear about what your principles are and to be able to um, to adequately articulate them, to communicate them to uh, not only the staff who is executing your vision, but also to the guests so that they know what kind of place they are in. Uh, it then goes beyond that. I think the, the salt shaker theory uh, is um, is a lesson in management. Oftentimes, I think you'll see really terrible attitudes that kind of uh, that run through the restaurant. Everyone's in a bad mood. And, and I think uh, the answer to it um, is leadership. And I think the um, uh, beyond that, it comes down to management. By always moving the salt shaker to the center, whatever the salt shaker is, right? Every time somebody does something wrong, you don't yell at them, you don't scream at them, but just let them know you're noticing. So first and foremost, you have to be present. You have to be watching your staff. You've got to be paying attention. So this goes for the chef, you know, watching every single dish that comes off a cook station, uh, all the way up to then the managers and the general managers, right? So the, the managers are the ones overseeing the service staff. The general manager is the one overseeing the management staff. And you have to keep coming up to them. Uh, the salt shaker theory then leads to something that he calls uh, constant gentle pressure. Every single day, over and over and over again, you just say, nope, that's not the way we do it. This is the way we do it. That's not the way we do it. Remember, we talked about this. This is the way we do it. You keep reminding them every single day how you do it and why you do it that way. That's the salt shaker theory. Um, it's a it's a terrific read. Again, half memoir, half philosophy book. If you haven't read it, put this, uh, put this actually to the top of your list. You should read it before any of the others. Even though I've put it number four, uh, it probably should be number one on your list if you haven't read it. So that's Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. Book number five, we've actually talked about on a previous episode. It's Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And I know I recommended it back then, but it's got to go on this top 10 list uh, because it's an incredible read. It's very, very inspiring, and it will shift the way you look at your business. So at the very beginning of the book, um, Simon uh, lays out what he calls the golden circle. Uh, it's a bullseye in the center and then two concentric circles around that bullseye. In the middle, in that bullseye, he puts Why? The next ring outside, he puts how, and on the outermost ring, he puts what. And he makes the case early on in the book uh, saying that most companies know what they do. So we're a restaurant. We serve food. And then the how is is how you're different, how you execute that vision uh, as compared to other restaurants, how you differentiate yourself. So he says, the what is we're a restaurant. We serve food. How? Well, we're, we're a modern take on northern Italian cuisine. So that's how you differ from other restaurants or other Italian restaurants. And then the why in the center, he's saying that most restaurants never even get to it. In fact, most restaurants don't even know that they should be figuring out a why. The challenge is to discover a why, to create a why. And his further challenge is to do the whole thing in reverse, to build a why and then figure out how you can execute that why. And then the what is just what follows. So this is why we do what we do. 
This is how we're going to do that remarkably. And the last thing is what, what does that actually mean? How do we put that into practice? Um, again, it's a whole perspective shift. He uses a lot of examples from, uh, from companies over the last 20 years. Um, he uses Apple over and over and over again because they, uh, they seem to illustrate uh, really well uh, the concepts that he's talking about. Uh, but it's Start With Why. Again, it's a leadership book. Um, uh, it's about management, uh, but it's also just about uh, you know, a philosophy, a way of looking at your business, a way of marketing your business. So Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Book number six is Jab, 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 Right Hook, and it's by Gary Vaynerchuk. Now, you either love him or you hate him. He's a very polarizing figure, but I think it's impossible to argue with the fact that uh, he's a guy who knows what he's doing. So if you don't know him, he's the guy who founded uh, Wine Library. Uh, go find the videos online. They're hilarious. Um, he then went on to create VaynerMedia, which is now one of the biggest media companies in the country. Um, he works in social media and marketing for huge Fortune 100 companies. Uh, he's a personality. He's always putting himself out there. Uh, he's part self-help, part... Uh, you know, marketing educator. Um, he's a he's a crazy fun guy to follow. Uh, again, you're either going to love him or you hate him. But the point of the book, uh, it's mostly about marketing for social media. Uh, but a lot of the lessons kind of translate into marketing in general. Uh, in the book, he says uh, he says this: Take a look around you. How many people do you see fiddling with their iPhones? The rapid spread of cell phones has completely changed the way we consume media. In the U.S. alone, there are nearly 325 million mobile phone subscriptions, and last year the total population in this country was 316 million. So that's an extra 9 million phones out there. It's safe to assume that nearly everyone has a phone now, and nearly all of those users are on social media. Market research has found that people spend nearly half of their phone time on social media. In fact, 71% of Americans are on Facebook. He goes on to talk about how social media has changed uh, our consumption habits, um, the way that we um, the way that we get our news, um, the way that we connect with people, um, y- you know, through social media, through dating apps, through um, through websites. If you don't acknowledge that, and if you don't do something with that, you're missing a key opportunity, and you risk being left behind. So, especially for restaurants, um, I-, I think social media, we'd all agree, is um, is a key piece to the marketing puzzle. This uh, this book is well worth the read for that fact alone. So the crux of the book, um, the jab, 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 right hook, it's a boxing analogy. And he says, you know, basically replace the word jab with give and replace right hook with ask. He said these days people expect a lot. Information is virtually free. And so if they're going to follow you on on social media, if they're going to sign up for your email list, you got to give them a reason why. And so he says, think of it like Give, 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 and then take, or rather give, 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 and then ask. You can only ask when you've built enough value with your customer uh, to warrant it. You can't just keep asking and asking and asking or selling and selling and selling and selling. People are tired of being sold to and they'll just switch off. So jab, 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 right hook. It's not a particularly long book, but it's filled with uh, with really great insight. Well worth the read. Again, it's one of these books that I think you're going to read over the course of the weekend. Number seven has nothing to do with marketing, has nothing to do with restaurants, but I just love the book so much, and I think it has a lot to do uh, with running your own business. It's uh, it's called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Uh, There's a companion piece called Ego is the Enemy. It's basically a meditation on Stoic philosophy. Um, It's a series of short stories and uh, and anecdotes um, that I think just help put things in perspective. Uh, for any of us who own our own business, I think it's easy to get uh, to get caught up in the busy trap, um, to get caught 
putting out fires all the time, um, to take things way too seriously, to, to lose perspective. And I think this book, uh, The Obstacle is the Way, is a way to start putting a lot of that into perspective. So early in the book, he, uh, he starts off with this story. I'm just going to read it to you. There's an old Zen story about a king whose people had grown soft and entitled. Dissatisfied with the state of affairs, he hoped to teach them a lesson. His plan was simple. He would place a large boulder in the middle of the main road, completely blocking entry into the city. He would then hide nearby and observe their reactions. How would they respond? Would they band together to remove it, or would they get discouraged, quit, and return home? With growing disappointment, the king watched as subject after subject came to this impediment and turned away, or at best, tried half-heartedly before giving up. Many openly complained or cursed the king or fortune or bemoaned the inconvenience, but none managed to do anything about it. After several days, a lone peasant came along on his way into town, and he did not turn away. Instead, he strained and strained, trying to push it out of the way. Then an idea came to him. He scrambled into the nearby woods to find something he could use for leverage. Finally, he returned with a large branch, and he had crafted into a lever and deployed it to dislodge the massive rock from the road. Beneath the rock was a purse of gold coins, and a note from the king which said, The obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. The entire book, uh, again, is a meditation on this idea, uh, understanding uh, that 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 stands in our way is an opportunity to grow and to learn. Owning your own business, running your own restaurant is filled with failure after failure after failure, except they're not failures. It's only a failure if you decide to give in and give up. If you fail and learn from it, then it's an opportunity. It's a growth opportunity. And uh, and there, there are so many opportunities, especially in your first couple of years of business. Um, you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going you're to do something wrong. The idea is to make sure you learn from it. Don't make the same mistake twice. Lean into it. Go down the road with the obstacle, with the understanding that you're going to learn something from it, even if you don't get the desired outcome. So The Obstacle is the Way, again, by Ryan Holiday. Number eight, uh, again, this is another book that I've talked about in the past, but it's too good not to share on this uh, on this episode. To Sell is Human by Daniel Pink. So Daniel Pink has written a, a couple of books, uh, most notably the book Drive. He also wrote When, and then this book, uh, To Sell is Human, which is a few years old. Um, it's all about sales, um, but it's a, it's a sales book that doesn't read like a sales book. He makes the case early on that uh, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not, all of us are salesmen. Uh, and he uses the uh, the wording moving people. He says all of us at some point or another uh, have to move people from one place to another to persuade them, to, to get them to do something they don't necessarily want to do or they're not necessarily familiar with. Um, so this happens all the time when you're introducing your business, right? You're moving people from a place where they know nothing about you to a place where um, they then are familiar with their brand or you're moving them from a place of where they're not your customer to where they are your customer. Um, he calls it non-sales selling, and and he goes through and, and presents it in a really interesting way. Uh, but it just changes the way you think about uh, selling and marketing. Um, it's uh, Again, it's well worth uh, picking up. If you haven't read Daniel Pink, uh, he's one of these great thought leaders, along with Simon Sinek and Ryan Holiday and Seth Godin. Uh, he's the kind of guy who's really getting you to think about the world in uh, in a different way. 
Number nine is another book that has absolutely nothing to do with the restaurant industry, and yet I think a lot of the lessons uh, can certainly be applied directly to our business. It's Creativity, Inc. It's a book by Ed Catmull, and it's all about Pixar. It's about the um, the rise of, of a fledgling little company and how it became this, this media giant, this huge film studio that, of course, we know it as today. Um, Ed Catmull is one of the two founders of the company, uh, along with a guy named John Lasseter. So John Lasseter is the one you've probably heard of. He's the creative force behind the company. So he's uh, the head writer and the director and the executive producer on a lot of the big films that you know. But Ed Catmull has been the tech guy. He's the one who's been innovating the the technology side of things to make the animation possible. And what's really interesting is that it's a book about leadership and about management. Um, He frames the entire thing in this veil of of talking about uh, creativity. He says, Ed Pixar, they wanted to make sure that creativity was paramount. It was the one thing they needed to protect. And so you can apply that to your own restaurant, to your own business by saying, well, this is the one thing we want to protect. So it may not necessarily be creativity. Maybe it's quality. Maybe it's innovation. Maybe it's hospitality. Whatever it is, he kind of shows you the path that they took to make sure to keep creativity safe. And you can apply a lot of those same lessons to your restaurant to keep whatever quality safe that you want to keep safe. Again, it's part memoir. It reads like a biography, you know, so you follow the early days of this company uh, and then to where it gets big uh, to the point where Disney buys them and how they held on to their core values even while they were being, you know, overseen by this huge, huge company. Um, it's a it's a really cool book. Um, his path uh, intersects with so many other kind of giants uh, in our world right now uh, with uh, George Lucas and uh, and Lucasfilm um, and Steve Jobs and Apple and and on and on. If you get a chance, you should uh, definitely read it. Again, it's Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. The last book on the list uh, has nothing to do with anything except that I think it has a whole lot to do with life. Uh, It's one of my favorite books. It's a book that I return to every single year. Uh, It's the book that I give most often as a gift, and it's called This Is Water by David Foster Wallace. Uh, The thing is, it's actually not a book uh, at all. It's a transcript of a commencement speech that he gave back in 2005 at Kenyon College. It starts off this way. He says, There are these two young fish swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, Morning, boys. How's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit, and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, What the hell is water? He says, The real value of education has nothing to do with grades or degrees and has everything to do with simple awareness. Awareness of what is real and essential. Something that's hidden in plain sight all around us. Something that we have to keep reminding ourselves of over and over and over. The only thing that is capital T true in life is that you get to decide how you're going to see it. This is the freedom of real education, he says, of learning how to be well-adjusted. You get to consciously decide what has meaning and what doesn't. The book, the speech, uh, has everything to do with with empathy and compassion and being aware of the world around us, Um, that we have a choice every single moment uh, to live a certain way, to, to think a certain way. Uh, of course, the heartbreaking thing about the uh, about the book is that a lot of the themes that he talks about uh, were eventually his undoing. He um, he committed suicide uh, a few years back, and we lost one of the uh, the true geniuses, uh, certainly in my lifetime. Um, it's a it's a constant reminder to uh, to check back in, to find your center, 
um, to, to find your grounding um, as a business owner, as a father, as a husband, as um, as someone alive in the world today. I think This Is Water is um, is one of the really truly exceptional reads. It takes all of about 20 or 30 minutes to read through it and uh, and it will echo, it will resonate with you uh, for, for long after that. Uh, so please take the time and read This Is Water by David Foster Wallace. Uh, those 10 books, again, uh, starting at the top, we start it with Purple Cow by Seth Godin. Number two, All Marketers Are Liars by Seth Godin. Number three, Permission Marketing by Seth Godin. Number four, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. Number five, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Number six, Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Number seven, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Number eight, To Sell as Human by Daniel Pink. Number nine, Creativity, Inc. by Ed Catmull. And finally, number 10, This is Water by David Foster Wallace. Your assignment this week is very simple. I want you to just pick one of these and go buy it. Put it on your nightstand and start reading it. doesn't matter which one. Uh, they're, they're all valuable. But just pick one and start reading it. Uh, that's also your continuing education. Uh, make sure to check the show notes so that you can get the link to all 10 of these books. Uh, buy all 10 of them and stack them up next to your nightstand. I promise you none of these will be wasted time. Uh, I think you'll get a lot out of them. They will change your business uh, and in a lot of ways I think they'll change your perspective uh, the way you look at the world Uh, as always I want to thank you for tuning in my name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy we'll see you next week